Thanks so much for joining us today. I, I wanted to start by talking about the goal of these pieces of legislation. So libraries and abortion, and more recently, things like drag shows have been the subject of scrutiny for years in some conservative circles. Um, the, so, so the theme isn't anything new. No, no. So um, in political science, like we don't necessarily have a data set or anything official that we can point to about um, book bans or anything of that nature. Um, but we do have a field of study in policy studies called like morality politics and morality policy. And uh, a lot of that talks about when you, um, when like how you would deploy morality politics and policy. And oftentimes in policy, like if we were to talk about like Medicaid, that's a very technical issue. By contrast, things like morality politics don't necessarily require the same level of expertise because it's more about my view of how things should be versus how your view of things should be. Uh, and you don't need expertise to debate that. And so oftentimes morality policy doesn't necessarily have policy aims and objectives that are measurable in the same way that we would see for something more technical like Medicaid, like education, that kind of thing. Well, and that makes sense because every individual and every family yes. has their own values, whether they consciously think about it or not. Yes, exactly. And so oftentimes you even see people without uh, a lot of technical expertise in policy sort of come into these debates because everyone has that kind of expertise. But what we're seeing lately in the Idaho legislature and also elsewhere is this novel enforcement approach where private citizens can sue to enforce the law. Have we seen this kind of civil enforcement mechanism before? So uh, yes, like the short answer is yes. Uh, this is of course not a new uh, mechani policy mechanism or policy tool in place. Um, we see uh, hospital desegregation in the 1960s used with this tool. Uh, we also uh, have seen it more recently with environmental politics. So you can have individuals uh, sue individuals or organizations for uh, violating environmental standards. That is not new. Um, however, I think what is new about this, is novel about this is that it's being applied in the morality politics sphere like we were talking about earlier and so we see texas what is it 2021 i think their senate bill 8 passes uh, and we're seeing it sort of uh, spread across uh, the u.s including to idaho and yeah. senate bill 8 for those who aren't familiar with it is the the legislation that would allow private citizens like the the father of a fetus to sue anybody who aided a woman seeking an abortion. Yes, and that can include uh, both providers, but also anyone who uh, assisted, yeah. You know, I, I'm curious because the library bill and the drag bill both use fairly subjective language when talking about what's obscene. Things like applying contemporary community standards mm -hmm. that are patently offensive to prevailing standards in the adult community. Uh, what's your take on the community standards part of this bill? Okay, great question. So uh, community standards here is actually probably being derived from something called the Miller test. So the Miller test is a three-part test about uh, whether something is obscene, right, or can be considered obscene. This comes from a Supreme Court case. Yes, correct. And uh, this criteria about uh, to an average person is this um, 
an appropriate standard? Is it a community standard? Uh, and that can vary from locale to locale, and that's intentional on the part of that Supreme Court decision too, that the standards of Mississippi don't necessarily apply to the standards of Massachusetts. Uh, and so theoretically, we could also see in Idaho that varying from place to place. So perhaps uh, Ada County has different community standards than say Coeur d'Alene, for instance. Um, Although I, I will just briefly note that like the, that portion of the Miller test is sometimes critiqued in the legal sphere because it is not an objective standard. That is a subjective standard um, because it can vary from place to place. And in the age of the internet, there is sort of, there are some questions about like, should we have a national standard in place instead? Yeah. And, and that makes me wonder, you know, you, you talked about Mississippi versus a place like New York or Massachusetts, mm -hmm. but even within Idaho, you know, I'm thinking about a book like Heather Has Two Mommies, mm -hmm. you know, a, a picture book that has a child who has two mothers who are married that would be likely very acceptable in a place like Haley, but maybe perhaps challenged in a library in Riggins or Rexburg. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, that would be uh certainly possible given that community standards can vary. Uh, just as a little bit of background too, like I think I came across that book as a child, like uh, it's from the 80s I wanna say. Uh, and so, it, although that book has been banned in places before, uh, right. but you could imagine that there could be um, objections to that book in certain communities, yeah. I wanted to ask you too about the drag show bill's use of the phrase sexually provocative dances or gestures. A bill sponsor said that this is not meant to include things like cheerleading or dance routines, um, but, but how objective are these definitions? Um, so it's interesting that you brought that up. So with the, the intent of the bill uh, sponsors, they state that it should not include things like Shakespeare, that kind of thing. However, it does not include that language in the bill, and so it could be applied uh, fairly broadly. And sometimes in court cases, subsequent court cases on things like this, they will take into account the intent of the bill writers. However, um, I believe some other members of the House like flagged this as a potential issue, especially there was a former uh, House representative who, or a current House representative who is a former school board member who said most of the complaints that we get as school boards along these kinds of dimensions tend to be for cheerleading and dance. And so you could imagine this also being applied uh, in that way. Uh, and simply because it, it doesn't exclude those, uh, it very well could be applied in a broad way. Yeah. Well, and I'm also too thinking about things like all ages concerts where mm -hmm. they do allow minors in there, but maybe some of the dances are, could be construed as provocative. Yes, yes, of course. And like dances, like I think the examples were like a Lady Gaga concert, although I don't know that Lady Gaga has been to Idaho. I'm not sure. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, but you you can even think about Shakespeare, like Shakespeare, like that that was the example is like Merchant of Venice uh, and the Twelfth Night, like they cut both ways, a woman dressing yeah. as a man and a man dressing as a woman, like that might not, like that might be targeted in this way. Yeah. And there's also some very sexually suggestive language in Shakespeare yes. And, yes. and other literature from that time. Um, I'm curious too, the library bill especially strikes me as this interesting interplay between local governments and state government. And that's something that we see 
pretty frequently from the legislature. Yes, and of course there are conflicts across the country about like power and discretion between the state legislature and uh, localities, right? And that can be cities, that can be counties. Um, school boards. School boards, library districts, right? We mm -hmm. have a variety of local governments. Um, in the case of Idaho, if you were to sort of compare it to other states, um, the state legislature does have a bit more control over localities and their discretion than compared to other states that give uh, their localities a bit more discretion. Do you anticipate this kind of civil enforcement mechanism showing up in other legislative proposals in coming years? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we have a theory in uh, political science and policy studies called policy diffusion. And it's about when uh, certain states or localities adopt policies. And so like, like to make it a regular example, do you remember like iPods from like the early 2000s? Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, right. Like, and you have those early adopters of policy. In this case, Texas and Idaho are somewhat early adopters of of this kind of policy mechanism, and we'll likely see wider spread diffusion of it. But really, we're going to probably see it. There was some. Uh, discussion initially that this would be a policy mechanism also used for liberal policies, but for the most part we've seen it focused mostly uh, in conservative states on conservative policies. And so we're likely going to see it like spread uh, among conservative states as an enforcement mechanism. Yeah. All right. Marky McBriar, Department of Politics and Philosophy at the University of Idaho, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me.